your girl Amber and we are back for another episode of Word and Wine. Today's episode is paired with a beautiful 2019 agua. Yes, a beautiful water. Today we are keeping it plain Jane straight edge vanilla today with the water because you know what? You don't have to have wine every time. Sometimes you can have a little pre-wine. So we're going to enjoy this water while we dive back into our series on miracles. Today we are talking about when Jesus healed a leper coming out of Mark chapter 1 verses 40 through 45. It reads, A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. You know, whenever I get the opportunity to read these stories where the Lord is basically like, yeah, all this just happened, but don't tell anyone. I'm always like wondering why, but I I feel like today we got an explanation of why. You see how the people react when everyone goes out and talks, but we'll get to that part a little bit later. Let's go into this story recap. So there's this dude that has leprosy and he comes before Jesus. He kneels before Jesus and he begs him to be healed. And Jesus basically says to him, like touches him and says to him, I'm willing to heal you, be healed, be clean, you know, and the dude is instantly healed, right? Because it's Jesus, like Jesus touches it, says it, and it happens, right? And so After Jesus does this, he warns the guy like, hey, don't say anything. Just go to the priest and do what you've already been commanded to do. Like follow the law, do what you got to do. What we find out next is that instead of doing what Jesus has said, he goes out and he tells everybody. And the result of that is that Jesus ends up with this huge crowd that basically forces him to go into this lonely secluded place where they still find him. Now, in this story, I'm not gonna lie, like this is my second recording because I got so much even while I was just talking about it. So I'm going to even uh, apologize now because I think there's a whole lot of revelation that I still missed from this story. So, I apologize if some of my thoughts are are a little scattered. And then there's also some things that I said in the first recording that I really um, would love to be in the second recording, but you know, we're gonna release that to the Lord. But anyway, there's so much here, right? So 
first you got this dude that has leprosy, right? And he goes and he kneels before Jesus. And the space of revelation that I've gotten anytime I read the Bible and it comes up that someone has leprosy is that I suffer from some form of spiritual leprosy. Like in some space, uh, there's a place of relation because even if my leprosy is not um, outward, even if my leprosy cannot be seen on my skin, I still suffer from some form of ailment spiritually, right? So I am just gonna, for, for the sake of this, I'm going to call it spiritual leprosy. So I have this form of spiritual leprosy and the vast majority of us do if it's, if it looks like lust, greed, shame, pride, addiction, fornication, adultery, whatever the space looks like, that's a space that we need to be healed in. So the first space that I related to was needing to come before Jesus and needing to kneel down and say, I know that you can heal me. Cleanse me, clean me up, Lord. Like here I am, fully surrendered, kneel down before you. Like, here I am, cleanse me. Rid me of this ailment, right? So what happens next is that Jesus complies. He touches him and he's healed. The interesting thing that I feel um, we sometimes struggle with is the thing that follows, that, that next verse that says he was instantly healed, right? So Jesus places his hand and says, be healed. And then he's instantly healed, right? So for us, what does it look like when the freedom isn't instant? And although that's a thought that came to mind, I'm not going to dive so much into that because in this story, he was instantly healed. But what happens when the freedom isn't instant? Do we lose our faith? Or do we keep pushing? Do we believe that the Lord has greater meaning for it? Like, what does it look like? What does it look like for you when your healing isn't instant? Do you continue to kneel down before the Lord and ask him to cleanse you? Do you give up? I can honestly say that I've been on both ends of that, where I continue to pursue the Lord and whatever he says and continue to seek him and I've been in a place where I've given up either way that space kind of made me think about it like what happens when the healing isn't instant but in this case it was so let's get back to the story so the healing was instant and then the next thing is the part that always blows my mind Jesus warns him not to say anything but instead to go to the priest and follow the law and (laughs) I don't know how many of you guys have had the opportunity to kind of go through Leviticus and go through, um, man, just the whole realm and range of laws in the Old Testament. But specifically, I believe it's in Leviticus 14, you find out what is necessary (laughs) once you are cleansed from leprosy. Oh my gosh, it is so much it is a long extensive process 
But the Lord says, don't go and tell people what I've done. Go through the process so you can be a living testimony. So your life can testify for you. So people can see you go through this process and know that you are healed and you are a respecter of the law in the process, in the instruction. Like that piece right there is the piece that messed me up in the first recording, if I'm being 100% honest. That space is the piece that just tore me up inside and gave me so much freaking pause because I'll be honest with y'all. I am in the middle of a process. I am in the middle of a process and the Lord has spoken. He's done his thing. Now it is my responsibility to go into the space and walk through the process so my life can testify for me. And that is hard. Like he literally says, go to your spiritual authority and This is the other part that blew my mind. So he tells him to go to your spiritual authority. Go to your priest. So go to your spiritual authority. And then you will get instructions, basically. Now, I don't know if I'm being honest in uh, context and culture. It doesn't seem like uh, he, the leper, may have known everything that was uh, necessary. But the spiritual authority definitely did. You know what I'm saying? Like, so... I, um, I don't know that he didn't know, but from looking at the way people in the old Testament behaved and the way behavior had shifted, my assumption is that there were quite a few people that, uh, didn't necessarily know everything that was necessary or didn't know it verbatim, um, in terms of the laws that they were supposed to follow i mean we got a written book and the vast majority of us don't know and pretty much all of us have the book you know what i'm saying so we're in this space where jesus has spoken he's done the thing and now he instructs the person to go to the spiritual authority and to follow this process it messed me up because I find myself in the midst of the process. Like dude had to be like out of the 10 for seven days, do this on the eighth day, do this and and get these birds. And it was so much to the process. And I imagine if there's a spiritual authority leading the process, you have to do then come back and then get instruction and do and then come back and get instruction and then do it, come back and get instruction. And eventually you're like, what the freak is going on? And sometimes that spiritual authority literally is God. He gives us instruction. He's already answered. We've already gotten the healing. We've already gotten the answer. We've already gotten the yes. And now he's telling us to go do. We go do and we come back and he has more. And then we go do and we come back and he has more. And we go do and he comes back. We come back and he has even more. And we're not even understanding the purpose of staying outside the tent. The purpose of waiting until the eighth day to do X, Y, and Z. The purpose of getting the doves or whatever birds. The purpose of getting the donkey. The purpose of whatever, name it. 
We don't understand the purpose of God saying, I need you to spend an hour writing. We don't understand the purpose of God saying, instead of going out with your friends, I need you to stay home today. We don't understand the purpose of, and I say this one all the time, God waking us up at two and three o'clock in the morning and then seemingly giving us no instruction when we already know we're supposed to be interceding and praying or waiting silently, listening for the next step. We struggle in the midst of the process, which is why we tend to skip it. Like my man today. He's like, cool, 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 cool. And then immediately <laughs> went and did the exact opposite of what the Lord had told him to do. And the crazy part here too, is that a lot of times after we get that yes, God gives us further instruction. And because we're afraid of success, failure, or simply the unknown, we go and we do the opposite. We go and we bury our head in sand. We go and we take a break. We go and we do the complete opposite thing of what he just told us. He just showed up in a major way. Just showed up in a crazy, amazing way. And instead of doing the next step, we decide we want to just take what he just did, be satisfied in that, and no longer progress. Now, is he telling the people about the goodness of Jesus and the fact that Jesus healed him? Sure, why not? But the challenge that I have is that for the vast majority of us, that verbally speak about the healing or the thing that is given to us that we've asked for that yes that we receive for the vast majority of us that speak about it we speak more about the healing the yes or whatever it is that we receive than the person that actually gave it to us i just received a check in the mail for x amount I haven't received a check, you know, send it in Jesus name. I just got healed from this. I just got healed from that. I just got my yes in this area. And we want to celebrate that. But how much time do we take to celebrate the person that did it? Like other than that hashtag God is good. Are we truly giving credit where credit is due? I mean, just a thought like this could definitely just be my life and I'm okay with it if it's just my life because I know I've been there. I've been there where I'm like glorifying the healing more than I'm glorifying the healer. I'm more thankful for the yes than the person that gave me the yes. We spend so much time talking about how we asked and God gave and we asked and God gave that we Forget about what really matters. And because we spend so much time talking about this transactional relationship we have with the father, our view of him begins to subconsciously change. And before we know it, we're talking about this friend, this father, this partner in life 
in a way that only is validated through transactions. And then we wonder why the people that we testify to, the people that we speak to begin to view God as a sugar daddy in the sky, thinking that they can submit whatever currency it is that they want to provide, whether it's prayer, service, fasting, whatever currency it is that they want to provide. And then they get to press the button and receive whatever it is that they want to receive. Not understanding that no and not yet is truly a part of God's vocabulary. And then we wonder why faith is fickle. Other people's faith is fickle. Our faith is fickle. Because it depends on the yet. But can you still love God when he's instructed you to go through a process? Can you still be obedient when he set a spiritual authority in your life that you are called to go to to get instruction and come back? And let's say you don't have that in your life. Let's say you just out here. Can God be the spiritual authority. I mean, he is all of our spiritual authority. Some of us do have the opportunity to serve under some amazing people. But with God being the ultimate spiritual authority, what does it look like for him to give instruction and you to go and do? And then to come back and get more instruction and go and do? What does it look like for you to walk through the process with God? Regardless of if you have an earthly spiritual authority that you have the opportunity or privilege of serving. What does that look like? What does it look like for people to see your life in the process and to see your faithfulness in that? I can't recall who said it. I think it was one of the saints or something. But they said, at all times testify and when necessary use words what does it look like to testify without speaking verse 44 literally says see that you don't tell this to anyone but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them what sacrifices are we supposed to be offering? What sacrifices will be a testimony to them? What sacrifices that we're running from will be a testimony to them? I am a leper and I'm pretty sure you are too. What does it take for us to get before God? and ask to be cleansed? What does it take for us to then follow his instructions after the cleansing? What does it take for our sacrifices to be a testimony to them? Today, I want to challenge you guys to literally get before the Lord and find out where you need to be clean, where you need to be cleansed, the vast majority of us know exactly what we're supposed to be laying at his feet. We know exactly what we're supposed to kneel down and surrender. Today, I challenge you to do that. And beyond that, I challenge you to be obedient in the process. Thank y'all for taking the time to indulge in a taste on word and wine. 